0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to ToledoCalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, we want to welcome those of you that are joining us not just here in this room, but uh, that are joining us online or watching by way of television. Thanks for taking the time to join us. And we are excited about our upcoming Christmas services Christmas uh, at Calvary is always a big deal, and even in this weird season, we know that one of the things that we really do need is the joy and the story and the message that comes through Christmas, and uh, so we hope that you will join us. We will have our in-person services because of the unique time that we're in, we're gonna have nine in person services. So at 5 and 7 on December 22nd and 23rd. And then on the 24th, we'll have services at 11, 1, 3, 5, and 7. And you say, why so many? Um, in part because we, we are trying to do our very best to do this with wisdom and with excellence, and so because of social distancing, um, we have to offer more services because of the limited capacity in the room, and uh, if you've not been back out to any of our in-person services, we're doing everything we can um, to stay healthy, and so we're asking individuals to wear masks, we are doing the social distancing, and we're asking you to register online um, because of the limited seating capacity, so that registration for our Christmas services is going to open on Tuesday, December 15th. It will open that morning, and And uh, then you can register for one of those services. So you just go out to toledocalvary.org right on our homepage right at the top. You'll see uh, there in the center where you can register for a service. So thanks for joining us, for being flexible as well. This service will also be online. So if you aren't able to join us, maybe you're out of town, um, maybe you just don't feel like it's, it's not right for you right now to be with us for all kinds of good reasons. And we hope that you'll join us online. It's gonna be the same teaching, it's gonna be the same music, and it's gonna be in a service that's very creatively being prepared for online for our Christmas season. And I'm really excited about that as well. So I hope that you will join us. And then one other kind of Christmas note, Christmas is uh, gonna be on Friday the 25th. And then on Sunday the 27th, we will not be having in-person services after those services that we'll have that week for our staff and our volunteers to have a day of rest and then just kind of in this unique season, we will not be having in-person services on the 27th What we'll do instead, which is really kind of cool, both on television as well as online that morning, we're going to have a really unique service that's going to be focused on how we can launch into 2021 experiencing God's blessing. Um, It's going to be really special, and I hope that you will not miss that online or on television uh, on that Sunday, the 27th. And Then we'll be right back on January 3rd, um, both online and in person for our services then. Well, as we are coming into the Christmas season, what makes you happy at Christmas? Is it uh, the cookies? Can I get an amen? <laughs> is, it, is it movies that you watch? Is it gifts that you're excited about? Is it music? I think I, I just this year found my, my new favorite Christmas album and am and, and, and wearing some of those songs out. Is it the cookies? Did I already say that? The, the cookies, right? What is it that makes you happy at Christmas? And maybe the bigger question is not just happiness, but what about joy? We sing about joy. We read about joy. But what do we know about joy? What do we know about actually experiencing joy at Christmas? I'll be honest with you. Joy is not a word that I've heard that much recently. If I ask somebody how they're doing, I might hear, well, I'm weary or I'm angry or I'm concerned not too many people have said, I'm just filled with joy. It's not something I've heard that much. So maybe the question is, how do we find joy? Not just in this Christmas season, but in our lives. Let, let's start with the obvious, right? This is, this is a sermon in a church service. So let's go right to the core. Joy comes from Jesus, like if you really wanna find joy in your life, if you really wanna know what it's like to be joyful and to experience that, that joy, that presence of God that comes in our lives no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, no matter what you're facing or where you're at, that joy, if you wanna find it, comes from Jesus. And we'll talk in just a moment about how that's different from happiness and about how that's different from just having a warm emotional feeling. This joy comes from Jesus. And you can search for joy all season. But joy is only found in Jesus Christ. One of the reasons we love Christmas is because it makes us happy. There's so many memories and nostalgia and fun things that come with it. And you can search for joy all season in all the trappings and all the fun things and good things. But the reality is it's only found in Jesus Christ. There's this really cool description that we find in Matthew chapter 2 about when the Magi come and visit Jesus and his family. If you're not sure what what I mean by Magi, you may be familiar with the the Christmas song, We Three Kings of Orient Are. Well, the three kings that we talk about, the wise men that we talk about, they're referred to in Scripture as the Magi. And look what we read in Matthew 2. It says that when they, and this is the Magi, they're on their way to finding Jesus, and it says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. It's a really cool term, but it's actually not just one word when you read it in the Greek. It has this idea that they had this joy that was great joy. In fact, the English Standard Version says it this way, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, exceedingly with great joy. Joy. Different translations say it in different ways. I really like the way that the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, says it. It says, when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Isn't that a cool description? That joy can fill your life in a way that it overwhelms you? So it causes me to ask the question, how can I be joyful this Christmas? If I'm gonna be filled with joy, if I wanna have a Christmas that isn't just where I'm happy based on circumstance, it's not just what's happening around me, but I really know a joy that comes from God. How can I find this? So I wanna look at the the story of the wise men. I wanna look at the the thing that we see happen to them, the choices to make, the journey that they're on. And as we do, I think we'll find some answers to that question. I wanna show you six keys to a joyful Christmas. If if you're gonna be joyful this season, not just for the rest of December, but really I think it can make a difference in your life all year long. Six keys to a joyful Christmas. Each one of these is gonna be an action statement. It's gonna start with the word be and then call us to do something. Because I think ultimately joy is not just something that happens to us. It's something that we have to partner with God in. It's something that we have to be an an actor in seeing happen. So here's the first thing that I'd encourage you. If you want to be joyful this Christmas, be intentional. If you want to be joyful this Christmas, I challenge you to be intentional. Intentional. Let's go to the very beginning of this story. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Here's what we read about the Magi. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, one of the things that's good for us to know about these magi is who they are not, right? Because we, we sing these songs, we three kings of Orient are. Did anybody ever sing the one that went on to say, tried to smoke a rubber cigar? Do you know the one I'm talking about? It was loaded and exploded? Okay, yeah, it's not in the Bible. In fact, there's a lot about them that's not in the Bible that we think. The magi, who we often refer to as kings, were not kings, we call them wise men, and they would have been kind of priests that would have served in the royal courts. Um, these ones, we assume because it says that they came from the east, were in Persia. They would have been experts in astrology and wisdom and magic, and they would have been involved in kind of the, the, the royal court life of the Persian world. They were scientists, they were diplomats, they were religious leaders, and apparently somewhere they had been exposed to the Jewish teachings of the Old Testament. Some of the prophecies that there would be a Messiah or a new king who would come. There were things that they had heard. And see, if you remember, there were many Jews who ended up in exile in the east, in Babylon, in in Persia, and those exiles, as a result, would have filled that culture with some Old Testament teachings, with prophecies from the Old Testament, That's what they were responding to during that time. And oftentimes we refer to them as three kings, right? We talk about these three wise men. Now we don't know that there were three. In fact, odds are there were probably more. Some ancient traditions say that there were 12 of them. We don't know how many. We know they brought three gifts that are named in scripture. We'll see that in a little while. But we know that when they did come, they probably would have come with lots of supplies, Lots of servants because these were people of a very high status. They probably would have come with a security force. They probably looked less like three guys on camels and more like a circus coming into town with a military backup. Like th- This was not what we picture when we just see the nativity scene. They would have traveled 900 miles if they came from Babylon to Jerusalem. It would have taken them months to do it. And the Bible tells us that the reason they came is they saw, when they were in the east, they saw a star that rose. Now, because of what they knew about astronomy and because of what they knew about Scripture and prophecies, they tied these things together. There's actually a a prophecy in the book of Numbers where it compares the Messiah to a star that will rise. And somehow they connected all the dots on this, and we believe even led by the Holy Spirit to come and follow this star. What was the star? Well, some people think it might have been a comet that they can trace back historically. Some people think it was like a planetary conjunction or some kind of nova or supernova Some people believe it was just a a miracle of, of God's presence or maybe an angel that was shown to them as a messenger. Sometimes angels are referred to as stars in scripture. Whatever it was, we know that God used this supernatural thing to speak to them and to lead them in a way where they decided it was worth following. Here's how you find joy. You have to be intentional and choose the journey of joy. Look, I don't think you find joy just right away. And sometimes it's a journey, and it does not happen on its own. You have to be intentional. You have to take the first step. You have to make the choices to find joy in your life. I, I suppose you can kind of compare it to any kind of trip that you would go on. Like, I, I love to travel. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do, and especially if we can, can plan out some trip for some time where I'm able to go, hey, we're going to go to this place So I can start doing the research and you can search for things online and you can see pictures and you can begin to decide where do I want to go? and What do I want to see? And how do I get the best deal? And and, and planning these things out, sometimes the, the, the beauty of going someplace is the joy of the planning of the trip. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the looking forward to it. And joy comes with the journey. But the thing is, you can do all the planning, you can do all the research, but if you don't ever choose to take the first step, if you don't ever choose to move towards it, you'll never get there. So let me ask you, do you have joy right now in your life? Right, if you, if you were to look at your own life, if you were to do an analysis, would you say that you have joy? And maybe I'd ask the question, why not? I mean, what's it gonna take to get there? Like if you look at where you are, and you look at where you don't wanna be, and you look at where you do wanna be, what's it gonna take for you to find that joy, and then how do you start moving in that direction? And can I tell you one of the things that I think is so significant about this, this story of the Magi is they had to choose to leave some things behind to find joy. Like, they they had to choose to leave their home for months. They had to choose to leave their position, their influence, their comfort. There were choices that they had to make to be able to get to the place of joy in their life. And I I think that's true for all of us as well. Look, there may be some things in your life that are holding you back and keeping you from finding joy. Maybe it's somewhere in, in the way that you interact in some relationships, It might be things that you listen to or that you fill your mind with. It might be social media. It might be habits. There may be certain things that if you're gonna move towards joy, you've gotta choose to maybe leave some things behind. Can I also tell you this? Because some of you are saying, well, Chad, it's hard for me to find joy because of what I've lost. And that's actually really true. One of the things that can put a damper on our joy is when we look at the things, the the people, the relationships, the moments that we've lost in our lives. And sometimes the best way for us to find joy is to start with grieving. It's only when we move through that process of grieving and acknowledging the loss that sometimes we can make space for joy in our lives. But here's my point, and here's here's what I hope you understand. You will never stumble into joy. But like, you're not just gonna accidentally find it. Like, you might stumble into some things that make you happy, have you ever been in the grocery store and all of a sudden a song you really like comes on? and kinda makes you a little happy and you start singing and then your wife gets kinda upset and she walks away from you? Well, no, it's never happened to me either. No, um, but, but, you, but you know what I'm talking about, right? You might stumble into something that makes you happy and you might stumble into something that makes you sad, but you're never gonna stumble into joy. You have to choose to intentionally take those steps. Which leads us to the second thing I think that's kind of key in this story. Number two, if you want to find joy this season, be yourself. Like, I think you need to choose to be yourself and allow God to work with you who you are. Look at the story again of the Magi Matthew chapter 2, verse 3. We read, When King Herod heard this, that the Magi had come, that they were looking for this child that was born to be a king, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him, if you'll notice the very thing that was giving them joy was irritating other people. And what you'll find is that the Magi in this story did not let someone else's irritation keep them from finding joy. The Magi in this story did not allow themselves to have their joy hindered because of how someone else was responding. Let me tell you a little bit about Herod. He was a madman. Herod was a guy who was filled with paranoia And the older he got, the worse it got. If you look at his story, he had 10 wives who produced many offspring who fought with each other for kingdom power. He was paranoid to the point that he had some of his family members imprisoned and executed. Like, for example, he had his wife, Miriamne, and later two of her sons executed because he was so threatened by them. The Caesar at that time, Caesar Augustus, used to make the joke that he would rather be Herod's pig than Herod's son. He was a crazy man. So he's troubled when he thinks someone else wants to be the king. And Jerusalem was troubled too because here's what they know, that if you have a paranoid, troubled Herod, you have no idea how he might treat the rest of the community in that time with that paranoia. So everybody else has lost their joy when these wise men have to realize, these magi have to realize, they need to press on. Now, look, let me encourage you with something. In your life, I know that sometimes the thing that can snatch our joy is other people, dysfunctional people, paranoid people, angry people, jealous people, frightened people, miserable people, you use whatever adjective you want to use. But remember this, there is joy in the journey God has called you to. And no matter who you're interacting with and no matter what else is going on in your life and the world around you, God has called you to have joy in your journey, joy in who God has created you to be. You're never gonna find it in anyone else. I think sometimes we look for joy in our relationships that we're only gonna find joy if we're in in a relationship in a certain way with someone or people treat us in a certain way when the reality is what others think of you cannot determine your joy no matter what. You need to reach out and take joy for yourself. There's a video that's circulating on the internet right now. It's really kind of cute, and, and I, I don't understand all the context, but it, you can tell that it's in a, in a Catholic church, and there's a little girl who comes up, and she's all dressed up as she, as she walks up, and as she walks up, the priest reaches out his hand like this from a distance to pass a blessing on to her, and when he does, this precious little girl all dressed up in a beautiful little dress, she just reaches up and gives him a high five. Not what you're supposed to do, totally out of line, ain't nobody taking her joy, right? And I looked at that and I said, I wanna be like that little girl. When life comes my way, I just wanna reach out and give it a high five. Look, do not let others define your joy i like, I'm not talking about matters of your character. I'm not talking about matters of sin. You know, sometimes we say, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do because I want to do it. Nobody's going to tell me anything different. Look, if it's a disregard for other people, if it's a disregard for what God wants you to do, that's not what I'm talking about. Don't, don't make this say what I'm not saying. But what I am saying is don't let others define your joy. Don't let Herod tell you what you should be happy about. Don't let a miserable group of people determine what your joy is, because God has joy for you. Look at this. Psalm 30, verse 11 tells us this. It says, "'You turned, God, my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever.'" God fills us with joy. He wants us to live in joy because of what he's done for us in spite of our circumstances, which takes us to the third kind of key. If you want to have joy, it's this, be flexible. The third thing, be flexible. Watch what happens in this story. Matthew chapter 2, verse 7, tells us as we look at this story, then Herod called the Magi secretly, and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Look, if you, if you gotta think about who these guys are. All they know is that they're on their way to Israel. They're looking for a new king. Well, if you're looking for a new king, where do you think they're gonna be born? Well, the, you think they're gonna be born in the capital city, in the palace, with the old king. Like, that's the expectation. And then when they get there, nothing matches their expectation. It's not what they thought it would be. So now Herod wants to know information. And then he sent them to Bethlehem. Now they got to go to another place. And he said, go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they'd heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. It's interesting, this place, you notice it doesn't say palace. It says place, because the next verse will tell you it's just a house. Can you imagine the thoughts that these magi are having? Because nothing is matching their expectations. See, joy will not always be found where you expect it. You think you're going to find joy in a certain place. But joy will not always be found where you expected. They they thought that they would find it in a palace, but that's not where it was. And joy will not always look like you expected. See, they thought it would be with with a royal court, and instead they find a small three-person family. Joy will not always require what you expected. When they got to Jerusalem, they thought their journey was over. And Herod says, I think you need to take another little road trip. I think you need to search some more. Look, the reality is in life, not everything always goes perfectly. It seems like it does for some people, doesn't it? There was a a unique marriage ceremony that happened recently. It was supposed to be earlier this year, and they had to postpone it. It was for a couple who have been dating since they were in school, and they never realized until they were in high school how perfectly matched they were. Her name is Tilly Christmas. His name is Kieran White, They've been married and they've merged their last name to be Mr. and Mrs. White Christmas. For some people, things just seem to come together. But it isn't like that for everyone. So, what do you do when you get these surprises? Can I challenge you to embrace the unexpected? Because it's going to come, I guarantee you, sometime between now and the end of the year, the plans that you have, the things that you've expected, the things you wanted to see, it's not gonna go the way you thought. There's gonna be interruptions, there's gonna be surprises, there's things you're gonna have to fight, and if you fight those things, you will be frustrated. But if you're flexible, God can help you. I think that's why scripture makes it very clear how we can find our strength in these times. Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10. And this is a classic scripture. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. He's talking to some people who were grieving in that moment. Here's what he says, this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. You know this passage, say it with me. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. We find our joy to be our strength when we find our joy from the Lord. Why is that so important? Because unrealistic expectations squeeze out room for joy. Like when we're filled up with all these expectations that don't get met, then what happens is, and we're always gonna have expectations, we're always gonna be disappointed, things aren't, aren't gonna go our way, but in those moments, we need to say, God, I find my joy in you, and from that, we will find strength as well. God's joy is your strength, so be flexible. And here's a fourth thing we see in this passage. Number four, be humble. Number four, be humble. The, the next three things we're gonna see are all gonna come out of this passage, uh, beginning with verse 11. Matthew chapter two, verse 11. It says that on coming to the house when the wise men, the Magi, got there, they saw the child with his mother Mary And they bowed down. Think of that act of humility. These foreign leaders who have come so far are now bowing down to some simple child, some simple home, to a small family. It was a real act of humility. And can I encourage you that when we have joy, it breeds humility, and when we have humility, it reinforces joy. I think that one of the major destroyers of joy in our lives is pride, and that the two of those things cannot coexist. Pride and joy are incompatible. They cannot coexist. Those two things cannot go together, because if you're focused on yourself, you'll never be satisfied. And if you're not satisfied, you won't be content. And where there is no contentment, there's no room for joy. So you can't have pride and joy at the same time. I think that's why James says it this way. James chapter 4, verse six tells us that he gives us more grace. That's why scripture says God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. And he says later that if you will humble yourself, then God can lift you up. I think if there's any illustration of this, we see it in that classic Bible story, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Do you know the one I'm talking about? It's not in in the Bible. (laughs) But why was his heart two sizes too small? Because he was filled with pride. Because he was focused on himself. And here's what I've found in relationships, that humility sets the tone. I believe humility is the thermostat that controls the temperature of our lives. How we operate in our lives, especially in the area of humility, will set the tone. It will control the temperature. It's how we think about ourselves. It's how we think about others. And here's what I mean by by a thermostat. There will be times when situations will heat up and we have to be humble enough to do what it takes to cool it down. There will be times in our lives when relationships get really icy and we have to be humble enough to do what it takes to break the ice and to warm that relationship back up again. I wish I was able to control this a little bit better. I talked a few weeks ago about how recently we got a new fancy uh, thermostat that connects to Wi-Fi. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I can look right on my phone and there's an app and I can see what the temperature is in the house and I can control it and that kind of thing. I, I can just kind of look and know and adjust my thermostat. I wish I had a joymostat. Anybody else? That <laughs> I could just see what's the joy level in my life and how do I use humility then to adjust it? I have to ask myself the question, am I being motivated by pride or self right now? What would the response of humility be right now? What does Jesus think about my current attitude? How would Jesus respond in this moment? What does Jesus expect from me in this situation? And what would humility look like in a way so that God could raise me up? Look, I think oftentimes we will face difficult situations that will call for us to be flexible and to be humble because they're not gonna go the way that we want, and at some point we have to recognize that joy is on the other side of that thing. Jesus modeled this for us. Look at this, Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, tells us that we should be fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the, and it's interesting that he uses this word here, for the joy set before him, something that he saw on the other side, Something that he realized that beyond this challenge, beyond this struggle, on the other side of this thing, I know there'll be joy. So for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not, I think this is really important right now, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In the busyness of the holiday season, you can grow weary and you can lose heart. In the hecticness of these weeks, it's easy to be weary and to lose heart. After the years some of you have had, what you really need to do is set yourself on the joy that is before you, and with endurance and with humility, say, God, will you help me to not grow weary to not lose heart, but to endure. God, will you fill me with joy? Here's the next step that I think will help you with that. Number five, be a worshiper. Number five, be a worshiper. Go back to that passage in verse 11 of Matthew chapter two. It tells us that on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped. Now, when we think about worship, we think of it one way. The reality is that these magi knew that Jesus was a king. They probably didn't realize completely what it meant and that he was the king. Like, they probably couldn't comprehend that he was the son of God. They probably didn't fully understand his divinity and who he was. But they knew he was someone great, and so they gave him honor. And when Matthew uses that word, he probably for his believing audience uses it with kind of a double meaning that Jesus is worthy of our worship. See, worship changes us. And if you're in a place in your life where you are lacking joy, if you're searching for joy, then usually it has less to do with what's going on around you and more to do with what's going on inside of you. And what changes that are moments of worship, whether that be in song or spending time in God's word, whether it be thinking about who he is and his greatness, whether it be taking time to pray and take your request to God, when you turn your focus away from yourself and you put it on God and you worship him, when you recognize his goodness and his greatness and who he is, it changes things. In fact, when the psalmist wrote about worship, we read this, Psalm 16, verse nine. He says, therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body, I love this, my body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. Look, I love that line, my body will rest secure because worship can restore my confidence to fill me with joy. When I have confidence and know that I can rest securely in who God is, that he's with me, that he'll never let me down, that he does not fail me, when I can rest secure in that, then there's a confidence that comes and then I can move forward with joy. It takes the pressure off of me to realize that there's someone greater than I am, doesn't it? And then the scripture goes on to say this in in Psalm 16. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. He fills us with joy in his presence. And if you're lacking joy in your life right now, it may because you, you have a depletion of God's presence in your life. Like it's time to spend some time with him. Worship can recalibrate my life to fill me with joy. Worship can recalibrate my life. Help me to focus on where I need to be going, not just what's going on around me. I can get so distracted by what's happening that I miss out on the important things that are going on around me, and sometimes I just need to recalibrate and focus in those times. That's really true in the hustle and the bustle. Like I don't know about you, but, but recently I, I had been um, working at home one morning actually on a, on a sermon and, and getting ready and it was, it was trash day at our house. So we have two of these trash bins that we, we roll out to the end of the driveway. You, you probably do too. There's, there's one that's a recycle and one that's just your, your regular trash. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, as it was time to leave, they were right behind my car and I went to check to see if any of them had been picked up yet that morning. You know? And the recycled one has, so I, I rolled it back in the garage and it was gone. The trash one was still there. I knew it was there. I had just seen it. Opened the lid and touched it. And then I got in my car. And I was so worked up. I was so much thinking about what was going on. I had the hustle and the bustle of my day going on. That, And even, you know, you touch something, you look at it and go, I wanna make sure I don't run into that. Guess what I did? backed right into it. And when I hit it, I went, what was that? Like I, was, I didn't even know it was there. I have a camera that shows me that that thing's there. But I was so worked up by what was going on in my brain that I totally missed what was really happening around me Now, fortunately, I wasn't moving fast. I didn't knock it over. I didn't have to clean anything up. I didn't damage my car. Like like it was the best case scenario to wake me up, to go, Chad, maybe you need to focus a little bit more. And look, that's what worship does for us. In the craziness that's all around us, worship helps us to focus, to see what really matters, to not run into things that we're gonna regret, not miss the things that matter. If you're looking for joy, start with worship and then here's here's the sixth thing. Number 6, be generous. Be generous. Matthew chapter 2 verse 11. We'll just wrap it up here. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They came with riches. They came bringing great gifts. And can I encourage you, if you want to find joy in this season, be generous with what you have. I'm not just talking about money here. I'm not just talking about cash. I'm not trying to, to um, you know, kind of impress people with what you give, but that you're willing to be open with what you have and share it with other people. It's not just in the gifts. It's, it's so much more that you not just be generous with what you have, but that you be generous with who you are. Who needs joy from you this Christmas? Like who needs to experience joy somehow from you? that You can pass that along. You can share it with others. Here's what Jesus says about joy. Matthew chapter 15 verse 10. Take a look at this because I really think this is an interesting passage of scripture. Jesus says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus ties this in here. He says, if you wanna find joy, it is tied into this idea. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. He makes this direct connection between love and joy and I just want to encourage you that if you are not focusing on how you can love others you will never truly find joy in your life because what happens is our lives get so cluttered up with things that only love will take care of we, we recently were, were in our garage and we were just about to try to pull out the the Christmas decorations and the reality was there was a, there was there was a lot of chaos in that garage and all for good reasons. It's a garage that is well used. <laughs> it's a project over there, and it's the outside stuff that we brought in over there, and it's, it's things from family events over here, and, it, and it's bikes that hadn't been put away. It was all the busyness of the summer and the fall that was all right there, and what we had to do was we had to stop and say, what do we have to do to love this garage a little bit? <laughs> Like how do we treasure the things that we have? How do we value them? And so as we pulled the Christmas stuff out, we did a cleanup and an organization and we looked at things that we thought, I don't wanna hold on to that anymore and we got rid of them and we looked at things that needed to be treasured and we put them in a valuable place. And what happened was we took some time to cover over all the mess that was in there to kind of clean up all the stuff that needed cleaned up, to put a little love on our garage and when we did, it felt so good. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? when you take that time and just clean it up, I think that might be why scripture says love covers over a multitude of sins. That there's times when you and I need to go, you know what, rather than just focusing on this mess, I need to give a little love here because Jesus ties these things together, this love and this joy. And where there is not love, there will not be joy. And so if you're looking for joy while at the same time holding a grudge, if you're looking for joy while at the same time trying to get vengeance, If you're looking for joy while at the same time kind of nursing that wound, you'll find that the two again are incompatible. Where there is not love, there will not be joy. And so what do you have to do maybe in this season to show a little love so that there's room for some more joy in your life? Here's what I want for you, Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, just like the wise men that when you see where Jesus is in your life this year, that you will be overwhelmed with joy. You can search for joy all season, but joy is only found in Jesus Christ. The only place you're gonna find it is when you start in that relationship with him. So whether you're in this room or you're watching this on a screen somewhere, can I invite you just to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? And as you do, can you just maybe do a quick analysis of the joy in your life? Like, honestly, in just a moment, we're going to do something that you probably could have seen coming because it's Christmas. <laughs> we're going to have our worship team lead us and we're going to sing that song, Joy to the World, in just a moment. I know it could be a little cheesy and cliche, but while you take this moment of self-examination, I'd ask, where's, where's the level of joy in your life? See, Jesus is the one that fills us with joy, but it's a partnership. If I'm not willing to take those steps to be intentional, to, to be myself, to be flexible, to be humble, to worship him and be generous in my life, to show that love, then there's not room for that joy to come in. So I need to work on those things together. And some of you are in a place right now, and whether you're in this room or, or you're watching this on a screen somewhere, here's what I'd ask you to do. Like, like if you would say, Jesus will you fill my life with your joy this Christmas season? Would you just raise your hand? Maybe just kind of put it up and then put it right back down. You know where you're at. You know what's going on in your world. If you would say, Jesus, I just, I just kind of need a dose of joy right now. Would you pour that out into my life? Would you bring that? In fact, it might be that as you're watching this, you're saying to yourself, you know, I've never had that experience with Jesus. I've never known his joy or his peace. And what I really need is, is something more from him I need to experience forgiveness because I can't fix this on my own anymore. And I need his direction because I'm not sure what my life's even all about. And maybe today where you need to begin as I lead us in a prayer in just a moment is that you need to say in your own heart, Jesus, I give you my life. Be my savior and forgive my sins. Be my Lord and give my life meaning. I've searched everywhere else. What I need is joy and life from you. And as you pray that simple prayer in your heart, I believe that it can be the most important thing you've ever done, as you focus and look to him. And so before we sing this song together, I I wanna lead us in a prayer, and I, I ask that in your own heart, would you join me? Father, we look to you. And God, we thank you for a reminder that Jesus came to bring us joy. Lord, we, we need this joy in so many ways in our life right now. And you know those that have, that have responded with a hand and responded in their heart to say, God, I need joy from you. So, Lord, as we partner with you in this, would you fill us with joy, a joy that catches us off guard, a joy that that fills our life with your strength, a joy that we find in this season in a way, maybe like we've never found it before, as we look to you, as we surrender our life to you, as we make you the focus of our lives. God, in this Christmas season, would you bring not just joy to the world as we sing this song, but Jesus, would you bring joy to our lives as we look to you? and we ask this in Jesus name amen come
1: on let's sing this together right here and joy to the world the lord is come let it prepare a king come on let every heart to so let every heart prepare him root. And heaven and nature sing And heaven and nature sing And heaven and heaven and nature Come on, would you stand with us in this room? Come on, put your hands together with us. Let's sing this together, Jay. of his love and wonders of his love and what is of his love heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing come on lift the praise for Jesus
0: and so Father we thank you for the joy that you give to us Lord we thank you that because you loved us so much that you gave your only son Jesus, at Christmas, we remember that 2,000 years ago you were willing to come in the flesh, the Son of God, so that you could be Emmanuel, God with us, so that we could truly know joy. So Lord, as we look for you this season, as we intentionally and humbly worship you, as we fill our hearts with your love, And remember the story of who you are this Christmas. Jesus, I pray that you would overwhelm us with joy as we trust in you. Father, would you bless this season? Would you fill our hearts with your special favor and your wonderful peace? In Jesus' name, amen.